This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Episode 19, Milk, starring Sean Penn, 2008. Today's podcast will focus on the Oscar-winning performance of Sean Penn in the 2008 film, Milk. The film is based on the life of slain gay rights leader, Harvey Milk, who was killed by an assassin in San Francisco in November 1978. This film represents the second film treatment of Harvey Milk's life. The first one won an Academy Award in 1985. The first, it was a documentary, however. It was called The Life, The Times of Harvey Milk and was loosely based on the book by Randy Schiltz entitled The Mayor of Castro Street. The film, Milk, was shot entirely on location in San Francisco and many of Harvey Milk's collaborators, original collaborators, were part, either had cameo appearances in the film or collaborated with Dustin Lance Black, the screenplay writer, who in fact also won an Academy Award for Best Screenplay of 2008. But before we launch into the film itself, Let's take a moment to look at Harvey Bernard Milk. He was born on May 22, 1930, in Woodmere, New York, to a middle-class family. He did quite well at school. He went on to the University of Albany, upstate New York, where he earned a teacher's credential and went on to become a high school math teacher. From 1951 to 1955, he served his country as a in the U.S. Navy and saw service in the Korean War. Upon returning to New York in the mid-1950s, he resumed his career as a high school math teacher and subsequently decided that business was his calling and went to work as a stock analyst at Bayesian Company, where he did quite well. Throughout the 1960s, he was a Republican. He was a Goldwater Republican in the 1964 election. And his partner at the time was also a Republican, brought him to San Francisco. And Harvey had already visited the city of San Francisco when he'd been in the Navy during the 1950s. In any case, Harvey's life throughout the 1960s and early 1970s was focused on making a successful career as a stock analyst with Bayesian Company in New York. By 1970, his partner, he and his partner, Steve Smith, Scott Smith, I should say, decided that uh, it was time to leave New York. So in 1972, they upped and left New York and moved to San Francisco to make a new life. At that point, Harvey was 42 years old, and uh, he felt that 
he had not accomplished a great deal living in New York. He came. He seemed to be a man on a mission. Uh, he felt that he had unfinished work. And when he came to San Francisco, he made up for that in, uh, in very significant ways. So that's a little bit of the, the history of Harvey. Again, once he arrived in San Francisco, he became a Democrat. And he and his partner, Scott Smith, helped to transform the Eureka Valley neighborhood into the Castro, that which it is today. They opened a small business on Castro Street called Castro Cameras, and they uh, and he ran three times for elective office. Once in 1975 and 73 and 75 for the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, 1976 for the California State Assembly, and then finally successfully winning a seat on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors in 1977. San Francisco of the early 1970s was a very different city compared to today. Its industrial and port heritage was far more prominent at that time. But the social change of the 1960s and the anti-war movement, which swept across the United States, was also having a profound effect here in San Francisco. There was an influx of newcomers who were transforming the landscape of the city including its economy, its education, its culture, its business, everything. And into this very changing landscape arrived Harvey Milk, age 42, and his partner, Scott Smith. Harvey almost immediately became active in local politics, and part of his political initiation was working in his local neighborhood, the Eureka Valley. And as I said, the Eureka Valley had been a, uh, an Irish Catholic working class neighborhood. And as uh, young gay men and lesbian women were moving into the area, buying homes and renting apartments, there was some tension as the neighborhood began its transition from a blue collar neighborhood, the Eureka Valley, to what it has become today, the Castro District. So that was, so his neighborhood activism was his first introduction to San Francisco politics. And once he had developed a taste for that, he plunged into the local political scene very quickly and made a name for himself, promoting quality of life issues and local gay rights platforms. Subsequently, in 1977, he was elected to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. And at that point, another newcomer to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors was Dan White. Dan White, in the film, is ably played by Josh Brolin. And throughout the film, there is a tension in the relationship between Sean Penn, Josh Brolin, playing the two lead characters between an openly gay man and a uh, heterosexual man who was very much a social conservative. This is Dan White. He was a social conservative. He was a Vietnam veteran, formerly a policeman, formerly a fireman. But the two forged a thorny relationship 
as supervisors, and more often than not, were able to work together on some local legislation, local ordinances, to make San Francisco a better place to live. 1978 was a very charged atmosphere for gay rights in the United States. Starting here in San Francisco, there was a local gay rights ordinance proposal put before the Board of Supervisors by Harvey Milk. Um, the gay rights ordinance actually was initially going to be supported by Dan White as a political trade-off with Harvey Milk. Harvey was going to support a pet project of Dan White's in his district, and Dan was prepared to support the gay rights ordinance uh, as a payback to Harvey Milk. At the same time, on a statewide basis, Proposition 6 had been initiated by a very conservative Southern California legislator whose plan was to ban gays and lesbians from teaching in California public schools. And then in addition to that, we had Anita Bryant in Dade County, Miami, Florida, who was uh, very actively working against gay rights issues, both in her own community in Florida and on a nationwide basis. So into this maelstrom marches Harvey Milk, and his first success, of course, is with his local gay rights ordinance, which he passes. However, at the last minute, he decided he lost the support of Dan White because he decided not to support Dan White's uh, local neighborhood issue, and the San Francisco gay rights ordinance passed 10 to 1, with the one dissenting vote being Dan White. So a grudge had been created with that vote, and that is most ably shown with Sean Penn and the interaction with Josh Brolin in the film. However, not to be, uh, not to be outdone, Dan White invites Harvey Milk to his child's christening at a church here in San Francisco. So politics does make strange bedfellows, and that was a relationship which, as I said, was thorny, but at times was productive. Other times was not at all productive. So that is, so the film deals with the 10 days from November 7th, 1978 to November 27th, 1978. November 7th was election day in uh, the United States, and major victory for Harvey Milk was the passage of, or the defeat of Proposition 6 so that teachers could, gay or lesbian teachers, could continue working in California public schools. So it was a great victory for the gay community. Um, secondly, he had also achieved a uh, great success in uh, having the San Francisco Board of Supervisors approve a local gay ordinance. So at the beginning of November 1978, Harvey Milk was on a roll, and you can see that in the portrayal of Harvey Milk by Sean Penn in the film. However, Dan White 
in contrast, was on a downward trajectory. He was a troubled man to begin with who struggled to support his family in the working class district of the Excelsior here in San Francisco. After successive attempts to try to get the Board of Supervisors' salary increased, he failed. And recognizing that he couldn't support his family on the salary that he was being paid, he resigned his seat very impulsively. However, shortly thereafter, he had a change of heart. He wanted his seat back, and he lobbied Mayor Moscone to reappoint him. However, Harvey Milk, as seen with Sean Penn lobbying Mayor Moscone, lobbies against White being reappointed. So on November 27, 1978, Dan White, in fury and anger, decides to take the law into his own hands. And we see Josh Brolin climbing into a basement window of City Hall to avoid the metal detectors because he was carrying a concealed weapon. And he was a man on a mission. His intent was to confront the mayor and demand his job back. Mayor Moscone agreed to meet with him by himself. And as the mayor escorts him into his office parlor, he offers Dan a drink. Dan pulls a gun on the mayor, orders the mayor to kneel, and shoots him in the head. Dan then exits through a private door, runs over to the other side of City Hall, running past Diane Feinstein's office. She was the Board of Supervisors president at the time and confronts Harvey Milk in his office angrily. He orders Harvey to kneel, and the last scene that we have of Sean Penn is him looking out the window of his office, looking towards the San Francisco Opera House. And of course, Harvey Milk was a huge opera buff, always had been, and had been at the opera just the night before. So the last view we have of Sean Penn is kneeling out on his office floor, looking towards the opera house as Dan White, played by Josh Brolin, fires the gun into his head and kills him on the spot. Dan White then fled City Hall, but was later recaptured. He was tried and shamefully was sentenced to a five-year term. And subsequently, two years after his release, he committed suicide. The legacy of Harvey Milk is a great and profound one, particularly for the gay community. Uh, and it's also a legacy which is very prominent here in San Francisco and is, uh, is one which is embraced uh, very proudly and broadly right across the political spectrum, regardless of whether one's a member of the gay community or not. Um, Harvey Milk was clearly a man on a mission with a great deal of energy. Um, he felt that he had much to accomplish. And in those 10 days between November 7th and November 27th, 1978, he did indeed accomplish a lot. However, on the flip side, his personal relationships suffered. Scott Smith, his partner who had come with him from New York, um, had left him. A, his subsequent partner, Jack Luna, played by James Franco, ended up committing suicide, and both Scott Smith and James Franco couldn't accept 
the attention and focus and energy that Harvey had placed in his political career. What brings uh, a great deal of uh, honesty to this film, what I guess what the French call cinéma vérité, is the fact that so many of Harvey Milk's collaborators were actually interviewed by the screenplay writer Dustin Lance Black. And many of those individuals actually played cameo roles as themselves or of other individuals in the film. And they include Tom Amiano, who was a uh, San Francisco supervisor and assembly member here in San Francisco. Uh, Carol Ruth Silver, who was also a supervisor. So there were a number, as I said, um, the screenplay had that, uh, that very real input of anecdotes and history and uh, helped to give Dustin Black the sense of this is how Harvey would have said this or said that, which made Sean Penn's performance all the more powerful and credible. In 1984, there was a documentary called The Times of Harvey Milk. And this was truly a documentary. As a, as a documentary, it drew on public archives, TV films, interviews with, with many of the, the players, political players at the time when Harvey Milk was still with us. The film, the documentary, The Times of Harvey Milk, was loosely based on Randy Schultz's biography, The Mayor of Castro Street. And it went on to win an Academy Award for Best Documentary. It also won a special prize at the Sundance Film Festival. So in closing, the film Milk, for which Sean Penn won Best Actor Oscar, is something of a hybrid. It is a dramatization, no doubt, but uh, it draws heavily on first-hand knowledge of many of Harvey Milk's collaborators. All of the filming was on location in San Francisco in the very places where Harvey Milk worked and lived and uh, built his political career. So it's a the, the film Milk is a bit of a crossover between a dramatization and a documentary. In closing, to talk about the lasting impact of Harvey Milk. In November 2017, we had the visit here in San Francisco of the Irish Prime Minister, Leo Varadkar. And Leo Varadkar is an openly gay man. The late mayor of San Francisco, Ed Lee, took the Prime Minister on a tour of Harvey Milk's offices at City Hall. And then the Prime Minister addressed the, uh, the public in the rotunda of City Hall and spoke uh, very glowingly and movingly about the impact and influence that Harvey Milk had had on him as a young boy and the idealism that had been imbued in Leo Varadkar by the Harvey Milk story and standing up for what he believed in and fighting for human rights. And, and the prime minister himself said that he would not be there today as the prime minister of Ireland were it not for the doors that had been opened to him by 
Harvey Milk. Who would have thought that a high school math teacher from Woodmere, New York, who came to San Francisco to be a supervisor, would have inspired a young man, a young gay man, to become Prime Minister of Ireland. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Experience. This is your host, Jim Herlihy, signing off from America's favorite city, San Francisco.